Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your devoted, doggedly supportive mm. host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely co-host, Jane Jordan Hammer. And before we get into the movie for this week, I do want to let everybody know you can stop you can stop looking for me online. You can find me. I'm telling you where I am to be found. You can find mm-hmm. me representing this podcast, my baby. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, at Movies We Missed. And you can find me for a little bit longer, but I don't know how much longer, over on Elon Musk's Twitter, mm. at MWM Chat. But every day, I'm, we're, we're thinking more and more about deleting that account that nobody visits and moving on with our lives. I think we got to, honestly, just because I don't want to be part of Elon Musk's Twitter. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to be part of his life. Yeah, so we might have to delete the massive channel for the us thing is, that what is it's going to mean. Feed. What it's going to mean for us from a financial standpoint is really the thing that that I don't know because we make millions off of our um, Twitter account. You know, that's mm-hmm. the thing that made us millionaires. Well, so absolutely. It, absolutely. So it's weird to think about it. You know what I mean? To even entertain the idea, you know. And it's not just about money for us. And it never has been. We take a stand. We're political here. Apologies. Newsflash. We have an opinion. Yeah, Jane has a lot of opinions. The other day you were just telling me how it seems like nobody wants to get off their ass and work anymore. You had just gotten <laughs> back from, from Calabasas. Uh-huh, I didn't ask I a lot gonna... of questions, but you had an energy about you that was like, who have you been hanging out with, you know? Well, I, I'll be honest, I was having lunch with Kim. Um, maybe you've heard of her, Kardashian. Um, oh, I thought you meant Kim Wayans. No. <laughs> Kim, Kim Kardashian. Okay. And um, her West, mother. right? Still? I think I think we're I think we're dropping the West, and we had a oh. strong talk about that. It was sort of my suggestion oh, to drop trying the to head West. North, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah, trying to head north and uh, abandon that sinking ship um, as it as it falls into the water and crashes and burns. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like you know, I wish people would really pull themselves up by their bootstraps, get off mm. their lazy, 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 lazy asses. I love this rhetoric. And get a job or two and and actually perform well. And if you do that, you could be making the kind of money that I'm making, the kind mm. of money Kim's making. You'd exactly. be wiping your ass with $10 bills like I am, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's really true. When I was a kid growing up, I mean, mm. we had to walk to school. Yeah. And on the way course. to school, I knew if I could get in a couple of HJs for some of the, the local, uh, mm-hmm. you know, farmers and stuff, then I could make a sixpence maybe. And that'd be enough for me to get a lolly. You know, <laughs> None <school>. the richer. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, was that trauma that I'm describing? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. But my point is that there's ways mm-hmm. to make that coin. And so we really want to encourage you to do whatever it takes. If you got to sacrifice your dignity, if you got to sacrifice, sacrifice your, and I'll put this in quotes, like respect or sense of self, then what skis? Because you're going to be 
doing it from a yacht, baby. And it's better to be crying on a yacht than it is crying at the fucking bus stop. Exactly. And that's why we support these candidates that talk about, mm. you know, really taking it, to, no matter what your circumstances are. Based what's on a this, circumstance? What's the circumstance? <laughs> that what part, is this, that part. What is, what is this quote unquote privilege? Oof. Everybody has the privilege to work. Go get yourself a, a, a job at the grocery store. And, you know, in two months, you'll be able to purchase a home. You'll be able Absolutely. to purchase a home. Absolutely. How much does a, how much how much does groceries? We talk about groceries. Here, how much does a banana cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> you and Lucille Bluth have absolutely got it right, and you know, I I think, and I'm not sure, but I think you make starting at like a standard American grocery store. I think you the standard um, rate of pay for like a non management position is sixty five dollars an hour. It's five hundred. Right? I think it's five hundred. You think it's five hundred? Oh wow, that's even better than I thought. I mean, I don't know. I, I make ten thousand dollars an hour, so it's hard for me to relate. But you know, you gotta start somewhere, as I've always said. Absolutely. Where's my abacus? Because I can do the math really quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the quickest way to do it. that. Some yeah. little wooden, some little wooden beads have fallen off. But I'm gonna, I'll carry that. I'll figure it out. The point okay. is we're gonna we're gonna do that. But you know, while we're like helping you, of course, right now mm -hmm. we're talking about strategizing, we're talking about money, we're qualified to do that. We're you qualified know? to do that because we have so much of it. Because and we understand wealthy. a real struggle of being born into a trust fund and not having people respect you. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. When I okay. turned 18 years old, mm -hmm. my parents sat me down because I and mm -hmm. I said plural because I had two and my dad didn't abandon me. Mm -hmm. Um they sat mm -hmm. me down and they they showed me the 50 million dollars that they were like this is this is all we have for you but like this is going to be enough for you to like oh my to... god that's it that's oh it was, my god that's you all have... they gave me i i was quaking i was like where's <laughs> the rest where's honestly, the rest honestly that's like truly truly terrifying and i actually am feeling very very like almost sick to my stomach thinking about you having to like pull yourself mm -hmm. up from that and like it was only ugh. i'm sorry you said 50 million that yeah what? that was it oh my god and then just zeros man. at the end no change just that just 50 just, million wow. zeros at the end and i'll I'm never forget it so proud of you for making being like kylie jenner being a self-made billionaire that's amazing uh, absolutely amazing. and it stung it stung and it wasn't not like that lip venom that she wears mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it, it really did sting i remember i'll never forget it my mom was standing in the kitchen and my dad was breathing and had a heartbeat <laughs> and was there as well. Um, wearing as like dad was. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Always was. As he never always absent. was for everything. Never left. Mm -hmm. And I remember staring at them and I was like, oh my God, he's wearing like a sweater and like shoes and like mm -hmm. he had like a dad, like a world's, a world's most present um, <laughs> and not made up dad mug in his hands. Yes. And... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's daddy greenhouse. <laughs> and I was just like, dad, daddy can like what's going on like talk mm -hmm. to baby because that's what he called me with baby mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i remember I, I just remember and he was like you gotta do it you <laughs> gotta do it for the family and i did and i started my first empire that's when i got i was a really big gearhead always we've talked about mm -hmm. it in the fast and the furious episodes absolutely multiple episodes y'all two so two multiple man so i shouldn't far. have said multiple with my chest like that we've got two episodes conservative but, two but 
who knows when another Fast and the Furious will come up and when you'll be called upon to talk about your skills with cars again. I'm ready. But that's my first business. It was upholstery. And then it was just doing a lot of, like, tweaking to engines and stuff and, like, making sure that the axles were on right and stuff like that. Transmissions, <laughs> gaskets, uh, batteries. And that's where I made my first billion. And so... You know, and I think actually thinking about that, thinking about those two movies, you know, mm. and us covering that sequel of Fast and Furious leads us right into the movie for this week, which is mm. a sequel. Um, the third installment of which has not been released yet, but it's coming, baby. <gasps> Wrapping has filming has wrapped. There we go. Filming has wrapped. Uh, so we are going to have a third uh, movie coming, and you better believe. I thought be it was a series. I I was reading up on that, and I'm confused because I thought that peacock turned the third the um the best man wedding into a 10-part series they were gonna make it a movie but then peacock bought the rights and now it's a series and everybody's returning at least all the men are returning i don't know about the women wait hold on see i thought that it was supposed to be the best man i thought that the best man the final oh maybe you're right maybe you're right because i'm seeing here it's called the best man final chapters and mm -hmm. which is leading me to believe it's a series oh you're yes, right Jane. oh my god yeah okay which i can't wait for because tara falsely told me while we were watching this movie that there was another one and i was like oh my god i can't wait i thought okay so this is news to me i saw best man three and i remember seeing online because i follow malcolm lee mm -hmm. uh the creator and i remember him having like shots online of like tay diggs and like um Morris Chestnut and Terrence Howard filming. I didn't realize that it had gotten bought and turned into like a series, which is actually interesting because this movie was actually super, the sequel was actually super successful. Um, I think the first one made around 40 million at the box office. This one made like 75 million at the box office on like did a 17 million dollar budget. Did we say what the movie was? By the way? We didn't, we, we, we started to. <laughs> So this week we are watching the second movie in the Best Man series, um, and maybe the last since the third is going to be this like this like TV series, which is interesting. But the second movie, which is the Best Man Holiday, yes. um, and that is the movie that we I've given Jane to watch for this week. A movie that, by the way, I'd only seen one time because it took me through the wire. The first time I watched it, so um, it was at least, I mean, baby. It was it was an emotional roller coaster. Um, I do want to say though, like, ah, it's well, no, okay. Why don't you get through what you're gonna do? Okay, okay. okay so I'm gonna read the synopsis and then we're gonna jump right into it. Okay. 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 Whew, okay. Strap in for the synopsis. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like get people. So much up to happens in this movie too. So I'm trying to get like... everybody up to speed on like yes. some of what happened before in order to understand what's happening now. But, you know, we also, as we've mentioned before, we did a first The Best Man. And I would recommend listening to that one first and then following it up really quickly with that with the chaser that is going to be this episode. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a good time. So I'm going to give you the synopsis. Some of you have already seen this, have already seen the movie. Wonderful. Some of you have not. So this is going to be some context to guide you. But we're going to be breaking it all down as we go through. So here goes my synopsis, Best Man Holiday. Hmm. We are back with the crew. Lance, Mia, Harper, Jordan, Robin, Candace, Quentin, and yes, even Shelby are all back together and little has changed. Well, that's not true at all. Actually, so much has changed. 
Harper and Robin somehow made it work following that debacle of a proposal at his best friend Lance's wedding. You remember all that, don't you? The proposal that came right after Lance found out that Mia, his bride-to-be, had slept with his friend slash soon-to-be best man Harper back in college? Well, you probably also remember how everyone found out because of Harper's then-unreleased tell-all, aptly titled Unfinished Business, where he tried to cover it all up by simply changing a few names. Then, Lance found out and nearly killed Harper and called off the whole wedding to Mia. Yeah, that that all happened. Well, that was nearly 15 years ago, and the gang is back together. Unfinished Business, the book that was at the center of the last film, the one that Harper had written about the group's college escapades that threatened to tear the entire friend group apart, was released to much fanfare. I mean, a New York Times bestseller, I might add. But, as I said, that was a decade and a half ago, and he hasn't been able to replicate its success. His agents are putting pressure on him to use his connection to the successful professional football player Lance, you know, the one who almost yeeted him from that hotel balcony for sleeping with his wife back in the college. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I keep bringing it up, but so does Lance, okay? Anyway, the agents want Harper to convince Lance to let him write the memoir detailing Lance's illustrious football career, the book that no one has been able to get the famously private football player to agree to. The problem is, even though the wedding went off without a hitch all those years ago, Lance and Harper's friendship remains flawed and has continued to suffer, so they aren't as close of friends as they used to be. And how in the world is he going to get Lance to agree to this personal book when Lance barely wants Harper in his home for the holidays? And let's not forget sweet Julian and Candace. They're still together. Remember how they met at Lance's bachelor party all those years ago and Candace twerked her way into Julian's heart? Who knew a table dance could last a lifetime? Well, now they are married and running an elite academy together, but it seems that Candace's past as an exotic dancer who partook in some light sex work has recently been leaked with videos from her dancing days popping up on YouTube. And now her career is threatened and some of their donors are getting skittish. Oh, and Julian hasn't broken the news to her about how all of this is happening and how she's become a trending topic on the tube. Well, what better time than during a holiday getaway with close friends? Uh, and Jordan is still winning on the career front as an amazing award-winning journalist and trying to figure out if she's going to go all in with Eddie Cibrian. <laughs> so is the rest of Hollywood, sweetie. Quentin and Shelby are still trading barbs and DNA. But, but you didn't need me to tell you that. Their favorite pastime seems to be, well, each other. Will they seal the deal or will that cat and mouse game continue? And amid all of this hullabaloo, something seems to be going on with Mia. Well, we soon find out that she's dealing with the fight of her life and everyone's problems and petty disagreements are going to have to take a back seat because what really matters is those you love. So pull up a blanket, grab some eggnog and tissues. You're gonna need tissues to get through this one. This is a holiday sequel that helps you ring in the new year with lots of love and laughter and a few tears. It's the best man holiday. Ooh, you oh did it justice, God. baby boy. You did it justice. That was great. That, that was a lot. That must be what childbirth feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just ask Robin <laughs> and Lance, I guess. <laughs> right. Whew. So we, that was a lot to cover because we're, I was trying to give you context for everything that's going on. They do like a really great, cute, cute job. Thank you, Janie. 
they do a really cute job at the miss a couple of like hot moments from like the first film not enough to get you up to speed by the way just like to give you like light context what's going on but how could you but it was it's helpful also... it is it was it, it was is. helpful to me because like presumably if you're watching this you've seen the first one although like i don't think you have to like i think you can into like yeah i think movie, you can intimate it it's just gonna know like what happened but it was helpful to me to be like oh right i forgot the most ill-timed proposal of of cinematic history like it is good to remember yeah yes exactly and like you know just to see everybody again remember their characters names and like their journey that was helpful for me um but so that was a good i thought they did a good job of recapping it just enough so you're like oh right right in the beginning because i did have the the thought when i started this is like should i rewatch the first one but yeah right they um they did a good job. I mean, this movie was released nearly 15 years after the first film. The first one came out in 99. This one was released on November 15th, 2013. Um, it had a budget of 17 mil, as I previously stated. And it had a box office of 71.6 million. Okay, so, yeah. And uh, it did good. It did. It did good. You know, and this is like mm-hmm. this isn't like a, a big like you know part of like the Marvel machine or anything like that. It's a black film, which right. the studios are famously skittish about making anyway. And so it's mm-hmm. a movie where it's black people actually being portrayed in like a positive light, which also seems to ruffle some feathers at the studios. It's gotten a lot better, but like mm-hmm. still, I mean, they talked before also. I feel like there was an interview with Nia Long where she talked about like the struggle to get this movie made, even though the first movie I think made around forty three million at the box office on a smaller budget. So it's like, what's yeah. the issue here? You Why know, like wouldn't you want to push this through? Like um, it yeah. makes money and it's clear that it was going to make money. And not to mention it was a really good movie. Like, it was, like, I mean, obviously, much like the first one, a total roller coaster. I think I may have actually liked this one even more than the first one. I think I do like this one more than the first one, and I really like the first one. But that is Me something too. to be said because it's not right. a victim of, like, the sequel curse. And right. I think, like, a part of that is the fact that, like, it is that interesting thing, which, like, we, we've mentioned it several times now of like a see like a like a sequel like a holiday sequel that like doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's something that like they're shoehorning this this movie into it feels mm-hmm. very natural and it feels like yeah that is a perfect thing because it's also like the holidays are an event that sort of bring people together and when you're when you're dealing with like a group of friends some of whom haven't seen each other in a very long time and we're 15 years later it's like that is a great like vehicle for like getting people to a centralized location and it's totally. also obviously there's a lot of like emotional ties that we all that you know a lot of us have to like the holiday season so like yeah. i think for all of those reasons it was a really perfect sort of way to like center this story around like this time of year and um yeah and it was like it it was that perfect mix of what you want from like a good holiday movie it had heart it had sentimentality it was legitimately funny it felt christmasy and cozy the performances were really really good yes and it none of it felt like the hokey holiday like you know shove it down your throat hallmark moment like these are these are real people with real lives living in this you know obviously (laughs) very aspirational people with aspirational lives but you know what i mean these people do feel real because they're flawed characters they're whole human beings you know not your typical 
um, shitty Christmas movie, and it did, and like you said, was not shoehorned into the holiday season. Really, was like a nice compliment to um, the Christmas movie canon. So yeah, it, absolutely. And I to just so like, I mean, this is also like a star-studded film. Like, if you haven't seen yeah. it, then it's like it's who's who in terms of like Black Hollywood. I mean, we have the character of Jordan, who's played by Nia Long. We have the character of mm-hmm. Harper, played by Tay Diggs. Lance is played by the delicious Morris Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Um, Regina Hall's back as Candace. Harold Perigno plays Julian. Quentin is played by um, by Terrence Howard. So, like, we mm-hmm. have, like, a cast of, like, really, really, like, big Incredible actors, and yeah. They do a great job, and you you know why they're stars. When you, um, when you watch this film, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And, like, I thought that they did such a fucking good job of keeping like just the way the script was written of like keeping these sentimental difficult moments and then bringing us back with some laughter and like they had such a good cadence with that which like sometimes these kind of rom-coms like don't don't always hit that very well this this was really good because it was again very intense subject matter yeah, and absolutely. Also, Shelby is played by Melissa D'Souza, and then Mia is mm-hmm. played by Monica Calhoun, who does a really beautiful job as well. Um, mm-hmm. I I think also, like, you're right. Like, here's the thing. First of all, I had a... Okay, first of all, I cried 15 times in this movie. Oh my I'm, god, I'm, I cried every <laughs> fucking time. Every time Mia was on screen, even, like, from the very beginner... Be, beginner? <laughs> from the very beginning, when Harp is, like, he says to Robin, who's, like, nine months pregnant, and they just arrived at the house, he's like, did, did Mia look skinny with... Did Mia look skinny to you? And I was like, oh my god, she's fucking dying. She's fucking dying. I knew it. And she... Because they're like, oh, Mia really wants everyone to come for the holidays. She's sending, like, handwritten letters. And I'm like, this is, like... This is her swan song. I just knew it from that moment. And so, like, every time Mia came on screen afterwards, I was like... Oh my god, her girl. <laughs> She's too young. She's fighting for everybody to be together. And it's like... I know. You feel that. And it's like... It also feels real too because it's like... I like that it's sort of... There's all this sort of like unfinished business that seems to be sort of like transpiring because it's shout like... Shout out to Harper's book. Shout out to Harper's <laughs> book. Because it's like... I What I appreciate too is it's like everybody... In the very beginning when they're doing the opening credits, you kind of feel like as they're showing like snapshots of people and then they're sort of showing like... Like, present day, like, a present day, like, family photo or a present day, like, magazine cover. It seems right. very much like everybody's winning. And I like that once we Absolutely. sort of peel that layer back, we see that people are struggling. Like, either people right. are doing really well professionally, but they're struggling personally or vice versa. So mm-hmm. it's like, we figure out very quickly that, like, Harper and Robbins, somehow, in these last 15 years, they've made it work. She's doing well as a chef. He is, like, an accomplished, like, author of, like, books, even though, like, obviously it's, like... His career isn't like doing what he needs it, what like what he would have it do. But like we see right. that like we get like this sort of like quick sort of like snapshot. He's sort of trying to get back on that New York Times bestsellers list and release a book that his agents are going to believe in. And then we have like Jordan, who's doing really well. She's on the cover of Black Enterprise magazine. She's just like award winning, beautiful journalist. And then like we see that Shelby has become like a real housewife. And like she's living I the, I loved that. it. She's living the full Real Housewives fantasy, and like John Michael Higgins, who plays um, Harper's like book agent, is mm-hmm. like pulls up a copy of Shelby's book and shows it to him. And he's like, "This is the kind of thing we want. Like they want something is, juicy." 
What is the name of Shelby's book again? It's so funny. I should have written it down. Oh, oh it's I don't something remember. like Don't Hate Emulate. That's what it's called. Is that it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's so funny. I know. Um, and I mean, <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke, you need to reinvent the wheel. Um, but yeah, everybody's doing well. Lance and Mia also, I mean, they have four children and like they are living in this mansion, which is where like the action takes place. It's at Lance and Mia's home that everybody has gathered at. And this which is where literally sort of... like the outside outside shot, you're like, oh, is that Versailles? <laughs> it's <laughs> so like, it's an estate. Yeah, it is an estate. Yeah. It is like, it, it is, it is massive. Like people have wings. Right. Which, so I mean, makes sense. He's, I mean, when I first saw him, when I first saw Lance and he's like on the field in his football uniform doing like an interview, I was like, he's been a little long in the tooth to still be playing football. But I guess like this is the year he's like retiring or whatever. And so he clearly has had a really like prolific football career. In made me think of like you know tom brady who's like probably like one of the oldest football players to continue to be playing but has had like a very successful career so it makes sense that lance and mia are like violently wealthy yeah it is it is a lot of money and also we see that morris chestnut who i read an interview where he talked about how he hit that gym to get back in shape but it's also like he had to already be pretty banging for this to absolutely morris chestnut has never let himself go we've been we've seen it's not like he's ever faded into the background he's been no, around he's been since, fine he's been since, fine since oh, boys in the hood exactly so it's like i can i'm sure he had to work out maybe a little bit harder but it's like you're starting with a palette that most of us like couldn't even imagine <laughs> yeah i'm sure it was like he probably missed out on a couple of paninis but like right he's looking he's looking right and they made sure to get that <laughs> shot in of him leaving walking out of the bathroom and those abs on full display and like we weren't mad about it let's just say that. no um oh and God. it's like and it's like it's funny too because Tay Diggs is such a handsome man and so attractive mm-hmm. in his own right, but it's like Gorgeous. funny. That's, but it's like so funny because you're like, for for that to, for you to be in a scene with Tay Diggs and somebody to be like, damn, look at them. You know what I mean? Like it's just more like, it is so hot. It's like if, for you to for you to be in that scene with Tay Diggs, you have to be Morris Chestnut. Like yeah, like, it's it's that's that like that's the... how the math has to math. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we also see like it, it's funny because it's like. They show it, they sort of give us that beginning. They show us everybody sort of doing well in their own right. And then it's like, it seems like, Har- like, I just, Harper is so often sort of like put in this position of having to like sneak and snake around. And Harper it's like, pisses me off in this movie. Oh, oh, here we go. Because the whole thing, so his, he's trying to get back into the good graces of his editors and have another best selling book and like get a big advance or whatever. Um, because they're not doing well financially. Robin is a chef, but she's not like a crazy celebrity chef. She's just a successful chef, which in the end doesn't make you a ton of money. Especially Um, in New York, by the way. Especially in New York, and they've had a lot of fertility issues, and so they've had to spend a lot of money on fertility treatments, which we all know is prohibitively expensive, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, entirely unfair, but um, that's just the way it is. Everything in this fucking country is a business. But anyways, so Harper has to, he shows up for this Christmas thing and he's like 
gathering info for the book, but it's like on Lance's biography, which like Lance has not agreed to yet, but he's like, I'm going to try to convince him so that I can do it. But he's doing all of this sneaking around. He's doing the sneaking around with Jordan, telling Jordan things that he's not telling his wife, Robin things. And him and Jordan have like always had a will there, won't they? And Robin is rightfully uncomfortable with them being too close and them having secrets and her not knowing what's up. And like, I just am like, Harper, you would do yourself so many fucking favors if you were just honest with people. He's too full of shame. He's too embarrassed to tell people, hey, I'm really fucking hurting financially. Like, this idea got brought brought to me like I want to do it justice. I want to write you an incredible biography. Like, what do you think about helping me out in that way? Instead of asking your, you know what I mean? Like, what you could do is ask your millionaire friend for money. But like, do this we is a really, different thing. Do we really think that there's a world in which Harper could have walked into that house? Like, because one of the things no. that we see over the course of this movie, when this, when it starts and when Harper and Robin first arrive at this home, like... It is very clear, like, Lance wants it to be known, like, we are not on good terms. It's very clear, like, you are here, like, at the request of my wife. But, like, right. I am, I'm not loving you being in my home. And, like, it's very, it, like, the first time I watched this movie, I remember being a little surprised by how much tension sort of still existed between the two of them. Because it was like, it oh, so shit has just been on ice. Like, nothing's right. been resolved. Nothing's been, like dealt with it's like the wedding ends and at the end the wedding people it's like there's joy and people are happy and obviously like they've gone on and they live their own lives but it gives me the vibe of like friends who haven't really seen each other and like maybe 15 years years. so it's like the tension all of that tension is still present and it's like festered in a very particular kind of way and like obviously like they've both gone on and lived their lives and like whatever but it's like there's still a lot not that hasn't been worked through so like it would have been nice for him to, like, figure out another strategy for, like, getting getting into the good graces of Lance. And it's, like, a lot of what starts to happen, because we do see the walls start to sort of, like, begin to fall down from, like, on Lance's part. But, like, right. then, obviously, it's, like, this thing of, like, was this, like, are we bonding? Are we bonding because this has sort of organically happened? Or are we bonding... Be, that's those are the questions later on in the movie when Lance finds out about Harper's sort of plan that's been going on behind his back. It's like, was this all organic or was this all just a part of a plot for you to get the thing that you wanted? And like that's right. what really but screws feel... over Harper too. Right, but I feel like I don't think he could have walked into the house and been like, "Hey, man, like this is where I'm at. This is what I want to do. Like, what do you say?" I think like towards the end, as they're rebuilding their friendship, he could have had the opportunity to be like. You know, this has meant so much to me, us, like, getting closer again. And I have to tell you, you know, this is what my editors want. Like, would you be open to that? You know what I mean? Like, having that conversation instead of having um, Lance, (laughs) Harper's dumbass leaves his, like, iPad and, like, leaves, like, a fake mock-up of the book on the iPad and, like... Lance like knocks it over and sees it and then finds out exactly what's going on. It's like he did he wasn't covering his fucking tracks at all. And to be to be clear, the whole the mock up thing was all Jordan. Yes. And like I think it's really funny that like I, I for some reason I thought there was gonna be a moment where Jordan sort of like intervenes and is like, Hey, by the way, like that I did that. Like 
But, like, we didn't get that. So, mum no. was a word as far as Jordy was concerned regarding this whole thing. So, she was probably She's... listening to Lance rant and, like, ooh, let me keep that on the quiet tip. What happened? <laughs> me reaching out to, like, editors that I know who, like, I implored to, like, create this. So, that's <laughs> that's all that's all under rug swept. But, um, yeah, that's going on. And at the same time, we've got, like, so that's, like, the beginning of everything going on there. We also have, like, I said to Dave, I was like, I love that Sanaa Lathan always has to be, like, either super frumpy or, like, yes. they're, like, they're, they always want her to be so frumpy and, like, just, like... That it's like there's something wrong with her and it's like I'm sure she's just like do I really have to go be in like a scene with like fucking Regina Hall and like Nia Long right now <laughs> with like this fucking oversized sweater on and like this like thick wool scarf wrapped around my neck can I not why? be that girl why are they doing that to her they're just like I feel like they're, it's like their version of being like well she's artsy she's like the artsy <laughs> one and then it's like Nia Long's in like this like sexy little outfit and like She's allowed to just be fabulous, and it's like, oh yeah, don't forget your parka, Sanaa. You left your, your parka in the in the dressing room. Well, Ugh. it's like that's like I, I don't understand why they put her in these outfits. Like she they also she did she looks beautiful as Always. like you know yeah. like as as the pregnant wife, and you know I was just like I just felt like they were trying to frump her up a little bit like absolutely you can't, you can't frump up Sanaa Lathan like also it's like when you get the movie script and it's like that's your when you find out that you're pregnant I'm sure you're like okay so that's my personality trait then, right exactly for the movie because it's like oh do I give birth like early in the movie and then like have like a snapback moment and like no 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 baby you're pregnant the whole movie you <laughs> give birth in the, the last very... five fucking minutes <laughs> in a car in a car in a car <laughs> oh. Oh, and Morris Chestnut um, uh, measures how far your cervix is dilated. How about that? I'm sure she maybe was okay with that. But, like, <laughs> so that's going on. And then we have Julian and Candace, who are now married and, like, running an elite, like, school academy together. And, like, in the when we first meet them in the movie. I guess for, first, like, underserved kids, right? For underserved kids. Right, and it's not when like we a first, prep school. No, no. And when we first well, meet them. Well, it is, them, but for underserved kids. I mean, it's, like, enough. it's not okay <laughs> and and like and so when we meet them we find out like there's like a rich old white man because they always have the money basically mm -hmm. who's like something's going on with your wife and so they're basically deciding because the white because like julian and candace run this school together so basically there's a video that's circulating online it shows like which by the way i want to point out the fact that like we literally have this footage of regina hall playing like the same character from 15 years earlier in the movie looking the exact same and i love 100%. that like she just looks the exact fucking same as she did in the first movie um she like... does and so does nia long nia no, long has like everybody e looks so... everybody look nobody's aged and it's everybody 15. looks so good in this movie it's um, actually like it's upsetting to me personally it, it, you, well you wanted to see maybe some some people i want to see some crow's feet or like a you know a sagging no. neck here or there no was, even like oh, even oh. like monica calhoun she's like sick and she's still like gorgeous <laughs> and she still like, looks like insanely beautiful because they're like oh we're gonna take the makeup off of you and then and that'll like, like tell the story as if like, that was doing anything anyways like <laughs> It's like, there's no story to be told, though, because the skin's flawless. So, like, it didn't <laughs> exactly. give you what you thought it was going to give you. They, like, took um, off her wig and she has short hair. And I'm like, you look iconic. That's what Dave said. Dave was like, okay, so she's still just beautiful, just with shorter hair. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. nothing changed. 
Um, so like, yeah, but isn't this so like rough? It's like not really. <laughs> it's at like, all. oh, she's. A, it's like this. <laughs> this is a cancer patient going through it, and I'm like, or it's like a beautiful actress with like. It's a like a beautiful haircut. woman with like a tightly like coiffed like hairdo, and like yeah. <laughs> that's it. So it didn't give you the. It didn't give you like the the monster moment that you wanted of like. Exactly. <gasps> Oh my god! Oh, she's just what, still... what a sickly woman! It's like yeah, she it's like fucking fabulous. She's stunning. Um, so like that was like one of the things with the film. But I feel like that we see this clip with this quick video, which is so funny too because it's such a like it's such a like niche moment in the like it's such a like so we're dealing with a video that's circulating on what seems to be a YouTube type like service. And the clip is, like, it's her at, like, Candace at, like, this house party. She's clearly, like, dancing, like, an exotic dancer. There's other exotic dancers. And then there's a shot of her going into, like, oh, like a side room with a young with a young gentleman. And he pulls out money. And she we just see the doors ajar. And we see her put the money in her brassiere. And then they push the door closed. So you are sort of led to, like, intimate that, like, some sort of sexual act and happened in that room. And that's when the video sort of stops. And then, like, Julian's looking at this video in the car and he's freaking out. He hasn't told her about the donor coming to him and sort of, like, thinking about pulling money from the Academy. He hasn't told her anything. And the old white guy gives about $2 million a year to the school. And that's, like, their largest single donation. So it's, like, if he pulls their donation, like, the school's in fucking trouble. So it's, like, that's what... And he's, like, a very conservative, quote, moral... Yeah, what the fuck that means. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but like, uh, so that's going on with him. We don't get a lot of backstory on, like, Quentin. Like, it just seems like he's been living a really fabulous life. And, like, we have photos of yeah. Terrence Howard. I love when they use... One of my favorite things is when they use photos of actors who are just actors living their lives, but they, exactly. try, and, like, who... they try and describe, like, the life that's being led in the photograph to the character. It's like Terrence Howard just, like, standing next to Obama. It's like, that's just uh, you, I, Terrence Howard. What are I, you doing? 100% Terrence Howard, like, that's just Terrence Howard, like, at premieres with other, like, famous people. Like, Absolutely. Being better than us. <laughs> it's like, literally, we talked about this in our, um, if you want to go back, 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 back again, we talked about this in our um, Something's Gotta Give episode with all of the clips of, like, um, yes. It was like all of the photo album full of photos of like it's like Diane Keaton. It's just Diane Keaton circa Annie Hall like promo time. Just like <laughs> in all of these like photos with like famous people, and it's like oh my god, Diane Keaton and Sally Field, but it's supposed <laughs> to be the character. And you're just like I love it because I you know that like there's that moment where like the the director's like hey, we want like your character to like have a moment like where they're like we get to see that they operate in, like, a certain tier. So, like, we need photos of you. So it's, like, just bring in your faves, basically. Yeah. Bring in, like, the most iconic. Yeah, exactly. Some of of your favorite frameables around the house. And then it's, like, oh, I don't know what I have. I'll see. And then you come in with a photo of you with, like, the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did have this really fun night with Warhol, and I have a couple photos from it. It's like, yeah, bring those too. Like, and then you come in with you come in with like the soup can like painting that Warhol did of you, and you're like, oh, I have this. I don't know. It was some gift that he just like threw my way. Some assistant of an assistant. Yeah. Would this be the kind of thing that you're looking for? Here's a photo of me, um, of me helping break down the Berlin Wall, um, with members of you two. That's Bono. Yeah, that's Bono. So would this work for you or is this too iconic? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, to be. To be. 
So, <laughs> so that's all. So that's like what's happening with them. Terrence Howard also looks amazing in this movie, by the way. I think he's like Terrence he Howard so is good. so gorgeous. He's he is very like, he's a he, very handsome man. He's got this like face that is handsome but also very sweet looking. Yes. Which is funny because his character is supposed to be this kind of he's, like he can be a he can be a dick. Like Yeah, he can be a dick, but like then he's a person who looks like he can get out of whatever anger, like trouble he's in with like having a very sweet like almost like childlike kind of face. He's so cute. He's like, there's nobody else that looks like him. He's just it, like a gorgeous yeah. human. He's very gorgeous. And also the thing that I sort of like love about Terrence Howard's character is that he's like the biggest like jerk in the movie at yes. times, but also like he's actually just like the most honest is all it really is. 100%. He literally is just, he's the most, that's the thing about him is that he is the most who he is. And he's like one of the only people who isn't because we have this sort of like tension between like Robin and Jordan around mm -hmm. Harper, but they pretend to be like on friendly terms. We have Harper who's pretending to be okay. We have Lance who's pretending that things are okay. Mia obviously doing the same thing. So we have a house full of people that are pretending and performing like success for like everyone else. And, like, he's the only one who's just like, this is who I am, and I do this shit. And you may, like, not like it, but at least it's the truth, and, like, you don't have to hear, you're not, like, you're not hearing about it through, like, a grapevine, because I'm telling you to your face, like, this is how I live my life, so whatever. And there's something about that that is refreshing in this film, where everybody's mm -hmm. trying to keep up appearances, and he's so, like, just comfortable with who he is. Yeah. And he's like that, it, it's, it's a it pours over from the first movie and yeah. he, that his character and at the core is the same person he was 15 years ago and he's not putting on for anybody he's not posturing and he's also seeing his friends at face value like beyond face value like he can tell that people are struggling and he's the only person who will like say it to them like he says at one point harper like they go to the grocery store and like harper's credit card like gets declined or something like that and he's like hey are you okay like i like and harper tries to like brush it off and he's like no like, I know you're, I can tell you're not okay. Like, I can read you. Like, he just, he knows, he can read his friend group and he holds them accountable for being honest. And I think, like, he's maybe the only character that does this in, the, in this movie. Besides Mia as well. He's, like, he's centered. Like, yes. he has, he has, he's grounded in who he is. And I think that's a big part of it is I think that, like, He's not trying to, like, put on for anyone, and so that allows him to be, like, available, I think, in a way to sort of, like, pick up on what's going on with everybody, because he's not doing his own sort of, like, management of self to, like, mm. try and, like, keep up an appearance of any sort. So I think he's totally. open to sort of, like, receiving everything that's going on mm -hmm. around him, and I think that that's one of those really sweet moments when he looks at Harper and he just sort of says, and he does it when no one's around. It's like, right. sometimes he calls people out in front of other people to see how they react, and that's, like, mm -hmm. something that I think this character gets joy out of, like, mm -hmm. watching people try and, like, watching people try and sort of, like, dig themselves out of holes like typically it's in playful it's like in, in a playful sort of like moment in jest but he still enjoys the stammering he enjoys it but because i think he, he sees does... through like the bullshit so it's just like 
you claim to be this thing. Let me let me watch you pretend and let me watch you change the narrative back to one where you get to like be this version of yourself that you want to pretend to be for the world. Like Right. And you'll achieve it and people will probably believe you over me anyway because everybody just thinks I'm an asshole, but like I want to watch you have to like work for it a little bit. So you'll just totally. see him in the back smirking after he's like sort of like <laughs> done something like sort of like light and pretty harmless. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's really funny. It happens a couple of times because Shelby is the ex-girlfriend of Julian. And there's a couple of moments where like, he plays a role in like architecting these moments between Shelby and Julian where like they're alone and Julian, who's like, you know, he's this sort of like headmaster of this academy and like he presents himself in a certain way to the world with his bow ties and everything. And like, he has this idea of what respectability is. And like, he gets caught up like in a moment alone with like Shelby and like, you just see Quinn enjoy watching Julian sort of go through it. And you know that it's going to be fine, but it's like, it's nice to see it. And he had a lot of those moments in the first movie too, where it was just like, everybody here acts like, like they're holier than thou. Yeah. And they're also self-righteous, but you've all got shit that you've done. And yeah. I love it because it's also that. And then it's those moments where he's alone with someone and he just like, he's like, Hey, like you okay. You good. And you really feel it. Yeah, I just, like, I feel like he has a genuineness about him, and, like, he likes to rub people the wrong way to get a real reaction out of them, and I think he mm-hmm. does that with um, Brian, um, uh, uh, Jordan's, like, newish boyfriend, I guess, played Ooh. by Eddie Cibrian. Eddie Cibrian rhymes. Yeah. Oh, oh, are they still married, by the way? Formerly Glanville, baby. Oh, wow. um, he was married to he was married to Brandy Glanville, who was on I think Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, one of those. I, yeah, exactly. And I think that Eddie Cibrian is still married to Leanne Rhymes, baby. Yep, Didn't sure they, are since 2011. They like famously did like yep. a Hallmark movie together or something. They met while well, they were like they were filmed canoodling at some restaurant like in whatever Vancouver location they were in. Both while, while, married. Like, both married at the time. Yeah, she was married to... Did that guy that... Never mind. I can't say that. It's <laughs> I knew we were going to ask, and I think the answer is no, but... <laughs> cool. But <laughs> we're all waiting, and if you can intuit what Brandon might be talking about, you're just as bad of a person, so whatever. I don't have to apologize to any oh, of you. <laughs> there you. Judge me. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... If you know, you know. So, um, yeah, he's married to Leon Rhymes still, um, who we love. And we were just talking about not too long ago. We're going to do a little mm-hmm. bit of plugging in our Coyote Ugly episode where she played yes. a pretty titular role. And uh, the vocals were all through it. She is. And you cannot find the moonlight on that one. <laughs> you can. And you can't question the vocals either because she's a beast behind that microphone and we all know it. Uh-huh. So, like, she walks so Carrie Underwood can run. I said it. <laughs> So, so yeah, so we've got all of this happening. Eddie Cibrian, who is, like, the kind of white person that black women find attractive. So he's the kind of white man that black women find attractive. So he actually plays roles like this a lot. I feel do, like do, he's... Is that... What, what, is, what does that mean to you? I'd like Because I don't know what that means. Because so I, I feel like know. there are, like... There, okay, there are, there are... And this is obviously I'm speaking in, like, generalizations. But there are, of like... Of course. There are white men who, like, are considered, like attractive in the eyes of like the white public that black people aren't necessarily checking for and it doesn't okay. do it for black people and black people will just be like hmm, okay and then can there are like a, can you give me a couple examples of those tom holland 
despite the fact that he's with, <laughs> despite the fact that he's with desire. with a black woman yeah I'm, that doesn't I like but for most black people tom holland isn't a black isn't like a white guy that black that like black women would be like ooh, okay like you know what i mean yeah I'm to think, I, who I, else I like like Harry Styles. Harry Styles isn't like a white mm-hmm. man that like most black women would be like, damn, str- watermelon say, sugar. Can I can I try can I try to guess one yes, that I think would yes. fall in that category? Okay, Timothy. Shelley. Do not say Kool Aid. Do not I say did... the Kool Aid man because that's racist. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, um, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Or you like is or isn't? I'm get is is not. A man that black women. I would not. I would not anticipate that being a person that it would be like, "Mm." you know. But there are like white men that like that do it for like the black public and the black women. And I think black men are like more likely black men who like men. Like if they if it's a black man who likes white men, which is a whole other conversation. But like I Uh feel like Eddie Cibrian checks off boxes that like he's like he's a fine white man that like black women would be like. Mm-hmm. Okay, and can it's you like, give me some other men in that category, in the Eddie Cibrian ca- category? Uh, I mean, this is kind of a gimme, but like Brad Pitt, like okay, like well, that's black like, women yeah. like Brad Pitt. Like he's always uh-huh. gonna be a snack. Um, God, I should if I had a phone a friend, I'd call my mother and I'd ask her mm. to like articulate it better. But like there are like <laughs> we'll we'll create an Instagram we'll create an Instagram thread. I, I will I'm gonna do some research so I can give you like a good list of like white men that are like approved. Um but Eddie Cibrian okay. has that quality. It. He's like he's smol- he's, he's super like super sm- handsome. He's very handsome and he's smoldering and like he's sexy in a very particular kind of way that I think works for black women, which is why they cast him in this movie. <laughs> because they were like, he does the thing that we need that we need the the person to do, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So that is like Nia Long's person who like clearly it's like the thing about this movie in the beginning too is like you can't tell who's really been in contact with who. Like yes, and I think unclear. they keep that specifically vague. Like I yes. think that's on purpose. Yeah, which you're right. because you you're trying to piece it all together based on their relationships, and I think like they want the writers or the writer, I guess it's Malcolm Lee who wrote this. Um, I think he wants it to unfold in a way where you're still piecing that together. You're still sort of piecing together. We see, like, yeah. because, like, we get that moment where Tay shows up at... Also, I want to talk about this real quick. John Michael Higgins, as the as the agent, he makes this comment. Oh my god, I, I wrote it down! Okay. He's talking to... He's talking to... Um, Harper about how he wants him to write another book like the book that was the New York Times bestseller 15 years earlier, Unfinished mm-hmm. Business. And he says, this book has it all. It's sexy. He said, well, he says, this book has it all. It's funny, sexy, smart. And not just black people smart. And I was like, what I, does that mean? I literally wrote, what the fact is, what the fuck does that mean? Fire your agent. <laughs> like, what are you saying right now? And it's like, I, it was just thrown out so quickly and moved through so and, quickly, and it was just like, huh, okay. And Harper like laughed at it, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Let's interrogate I, this, yeah. Let's interrogate this. What does this mean? I need to hold this dude's feet to the fire and also get a new agent because he sucks. It, yeah, it, yeah. So that was like a really funny moment. We love John Michael Higgins. He was just doing his life in the script, but it was a little, it was a little spicy moment that we were like, and by spicy I mean racist, and we were like, huh, what's going on there? I, I want is that like is that now? We're just I'm sure that's what a bunch of like 
racist white women call themselves. It's just like, I'm just being, I was just spicy. I was outside <laughs> and I saw those black kids playing in that front yard. I ain't never seen this neighbor before. So I called cops. And yeah, I get a little spicy sometimes. So it's like, it's like, no, that's not what happened, Carol. No, no, no. If, if by spicy you mean racist, then okay. <laughs> yeah. And like but fucking busybody. But yeah, it seems like you did a little bit of a little light profiling is what I, is what I, I yeah. call it. So maybe that's not like. Get off the fucking like, phone, Karen. Let's stop, let's stop letting ourselves off the hook. My neighbors <laughs> are so, my in-laws are so fucking spicy. It's crazy. When I was over at their house, the way that they were sucking on Kimberly Guilfoyle's dick. It's just like, <laughs> enough. Enough. That's not what I expected you to say. I thought you were going to say you walked into them doing the Mambo number no. 5 or something. That is not. Um, famously the spiciest Famously song to come out the, of the spiciest dance. It's Mambo number no. yep. 5, then the Lombada. Of course. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, we see, like, Harper shows up at Jordan's office. It's clear that, like, they've been somewhat in touch, but he knows nothing about this boyfriend who's, like... Not like it doesn't seem like he's but, a new boyfriend either. But like the way that Mia, per, I'm sorry, not Mia. Um, I I always call want to call her Mia because the actor's name is Nia, and yes. so it reminds me of Mia the character. But the way that Jordan like presents her relationship with, uh, it's almost like she's been hiding it. Like, yes. not almost. She has been. She has been, and I don't know why. Yeah, you do. I mean, I kind of know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume it's because she's, like, a little bit, like, embarrassed to be dating a white guy. Is that right? Ding, 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 ding. Okay. She's, she's like, she's she's worried about judgment. And she's yes, also... of course. I would imagine there's also a bit of sort of, like, is this going to be a thing that is worthy of me presenting it to, like, people? Has it been tested? Like, that seems to be a part of it, too. And they also seem to be right. in this sort of stage in the relationship where it's, like, are we going to go all in on this thing? And right, so, it's sort of like, we've been dating, is this serious or not? But they're also two, like, clearly, like, high-powered, very important people. Jordan has a mantle of, like, just awards, two Emmy Awards for her journal for journalism work that she's done. Which sort of leads yeah. us into, because we're sort of talking about, like, the reluctant subject at the center of her documentary. And she's ta- mm-hmm. sort of talking about how she sort of used, like, dogged determination to, like, to get him to agree to let her do the documentary and ended up, you know, obviously winning all these awards as a result. So like, that's what sort of inspires, I think, Harper to like push it a little bit with Lance in hopes that maybe he could, you know, achieve something similar. Although it should be noted that it doesn't appear that Jordan had sex with this man's um, partner either. So that may have made it a little bit easier for her to like, (laughs) seal the the deal. The case a little bit easier to close as they say. (laughs) Absolutely. And like when everybody gets to the house, we sort of get this, you know, we mentioned, you know, the Melissa D'Souza's character, Shelby, who used to be with Julian, who is here. And ultimately you're at first you're like, why is Shelby here? And Dave said, why is she here? He was like, I'm excited that she's in the movie. I'm excited she's here, but like, why? But then we also figure out that like she clearly has like a very close relationship to Mia. And it seems to right. me that they probably where they live and circles that they run in, because everybody here seems to be quite wealthy and comfortable. And I'm sure that Harper's version of broke isn't real people broke. But right, like exactly. everybody here like clearly has money. But like obviously we're talking about not just money when we're talking about Lance and Mia. We're also talking about celebrity. And right. it seems clear even though they all have a certain degree of celebrity, but like, he's like a massive, like Jane said, like a Tom Brady level football player. So that's Mm going to open up the door to a different kind of like, a different kind of like 
tier of like fame and i think mm -hmm. that her being like a real housewives figurehead it seems to me that like they probably are two the two who like move through very similar circles but and also so they say at, at a certain point like um in the middle of the movie that they were like sorority sisters and yes they, they rush together or, or whatever it's called i don't know what it's called but they have a close relationship because of that as well but i would assume yeah it's it's, it's a similar thing as well just but considering it's they're wealthy and live in a, the same area yeah and it seems like they are both like people who have to deal with like fame maybe and that's been a bonding factor because it is like totally. oh so y'all like maintained your relationship that like you know other people didn't so i think that that's like right that was it. like I, I was really shocked to see her there to be honest um tara was convinced that the person playing shelby was a different actor from the first movie no and i was like no it's the same person, the same person the same she person. and she looks the same too she, she also has not I, aged she, yeah 100% looks the same so I really don't know why Tara was like convinced it was her but like halfway through I was like I was like I have to check because like clearly to me it's the same person what am I not seeing and it is it's the same person but <laughs> yeah um, no they actually it's I, lovely that they got everyone back they got like the whole cast really, back which is really so fabulous nice and I think they're having the whole cast back for the next one too like amazing it, well obviously apart from mia um because mia passes away mm. which uh, is just so devastating given the fact that like throughout the first and second movies she's just i mean yeah she made the mistake of um you know being mad at her boyfriend in college and sleeping with his best friend and that is really devastating to their relationship of you know of course but like she has sort of maintained this like neutrality through uh, throughout this with mm -hmm. obviously with her husband and with harper and then just like with all the you know there's a lot there's random infighting within the group and you know obviously julian and shelby broke up but she still remains friends with both of them and you know she's just the, she's sort of the tie that binds you know that's and a good so, point jane yeah so it was really just like devastating when i was like I was about to say something. I was like, oh, not Mia. Like, I wish it was someone else. No, I don't wish it was someone else, of course. I d didn't wish it was anybody. But, like, uh, it's just, it's it's that much more of a gut punch when it's her. Because she's such a pillar, I feel like. She really is. And she is sort of this, she is. She's, like, this person who sort of, like, has really wonderful relationships with everyone. Yeah. And she doesn't really have any sort of like like even you see like she's a person who like with robin who robin and candace they sort of have bonded because they're two people who sort of came into the group at similar times and so mm -hmm. it feels like when they first see each other at the house they sort of like are they gravitate towards each other and a part of that totally. is because like they're on the outside of like this group of like college friends mm -hmm. but at the same time you see that like they also both have like a very strong like love for like mia because yeah. it's like it feels like she's a person who like opened up her arms and sort of like really like took them into the group and made them feel like seen mm -hmm. and it seems like she has that effect on everyone and as we mentioned like there's also kids in this movie everybody's had kids and like mia yeah. and lance have four children which feels like so, so many. many children but i guess when you're millionaires it's like yeah it's look like, he's looking at you nick cannon i'm sure nick cannon's <laughs> like what Oh my god. I can't even talk about how... I can't even talk about his... his... 11th, right? You got the 11th one on the way. The 11th on the announced. way. 
And these women that are just like, like, just what are you thinking at this point when you like, when you lay down in bed with Nick Cannon and ha and decide like, no, 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 we're not wrapping it up. It's like, Yeah. what, like, what are you thinking? Like baby number 12, like Let's do it. add into the, add to the brood. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, just like you have 12, 11 different children with like several, several different women. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, I question how you're able to be like a great father figure for 11 I honestly different children don't know who if you, live I, in 11 I, different places, you I don't know know? how you could, I'm genuinely, I don't know how you could. And I'm not saying, It's I'm possible. not saying that Nick Cannon is a bad father. I'm just saying No, no, like, no. it is It a would very be a like, huge stretch. it's a very interesting question because it's like, it's not about, we're not talking about money. I mean, like we're talking about No. like presence and it's like, how could you effectively like be Nick Cannon who has like a million jobs? Like he's very famous. He works a lot. He Right. is like doing a lot of different things. You know, and so it's like he's this businessman and he's this personality and kind of like a mini mogul in a way. So it's like, where Yeah. do you have, what do you find the time to sort of like make it to all the t-ball games and all of the ballet recitals? And I just, I don't, I don't know. Cause I imagine for the average, like even like wealthy parent, it's probably like, oh my God, like how am I going to get in? Like, you know
then you end up in a situation like this. And I get it, obviously, from that perspective of like, I want people to be able to live their lives. I don't want everybody worrying about me. But at the same time, you end up in a kind of a situation like this, where it's like, you've got very limited time. And like, people who probably would have been present and would have been around, like, weren't able to, to the degree that they probably would have wanted to had they known. But then it's also like, you're probably also like in this, you're trying to stay in a very hopeful place where you can then in retrospect come, like when you know when like a celebrity comes out and is like, yeah, I had breast cancer and like, it was a couple years ago and I fought it and I, you know what I mean? Like when people make that sort of decision. Right. But I yeah. guess, but we're not talking about the public. We're talking about I'm like not close, ta- yeah. we're talking about like close friends. And I, I, exactly. I get what you're saying because I think that like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would have a, con- like, I don't know how I would have a conversation with you on the phone and not like, not tell, tell you that, you. you know what I mean? I, that, that's a thing. And like, and we live poor I... people's lives too, though. So like, <laughs> we, we call on each other for support systems more than I'm sure, like, most like than... these rich ass people do. I'm sure. I'm sh- 100%. I know rich people have problems, but come on, you know, it's but, different. And like, don't try right. and like, it's not the same. So don't. It's not. Don't it's tell me not it's the same. the same. I don't have the same problems mm-hmm. Kerry Washington has. <laughs> and I don't want to hear that I do. I would love to have the same problems. Oh Washington. my god, I want those problems too. <laughs> me too. I know they go through it, but I'd like to go through. I'd like to go through I, it in a mansion, baby. I, I'd like to try it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, can I see what it's like? <laughs> right, just can give me a quick... the opportunity. Like... That's the wife swap that I want. I want the wife swap where it's like <laughs> the wife gets to like leave the suburbs of Ohio. And go to like you know some incredible like resort or like like mansion in Vail and like live like that fantasy. And then the other woman has to go. To, I don't know why a millionaire would ever agree to do that, but I know she gets to go to like you know something the middle to of the do. Buke I'm sure it gets boring. and like work on the farm. Like I want that. Just I just want to watch the, the woman who got to go to the mansion that. though. I don't need to see. I, I, I want to see... see you go through it. I, I would love to, actually. I'd, I'd love to see it all. Uh, you know, that's important. What millionaires would agree to that? There'd be no reason. What are you getting Absolutely. Millionaires are, like, bored. They're like, But millionaires, you're right. Dude. And millionaires, the thing about being a millionaire is that being a millionaire and being famous are two very different things. And there's Absolutely. a lot of rich people who have so much money, but they don't have fame. And, and so it's like, fame. they want or, fame, so they probably would agree to Or that. they want to prove to themselves that they can, st- like they could do that like I, like they could live like i grew i grew up on a farm before i yeah, married that like, before i married I that old billionaire i know what it's like i can do that yeah again. yes i got married at 19 to you know a 53 year old billionaire so and he died but... when i was 18 years old oh no i just at 19 that method yeah um and he died when i was 21 sure yeah so yes i have been living a very very privileged life but you know for the last 30 years but, you know, it's time for me to go back to the farm and see what it's like and <sighs> give back and show you people that I don't need the weekly massages. I don't need the, you know, the, my assistant to come wake me up with, you know, a freshly made latte and open up my curtains and help me, you know, pick out an outfit for the day. And uh, I don't need the glam squad. I don't need the red carpets. I don't need anything. I can do this. I can inseminate a cow if I want to inseminate a cow. That's that's Powerful. that's it. That's the life right there. I, I, I just I got caught up in the I always get caught up in the fantasy so quickly. I, <laughs> I know. Thinking... <laughs> 
my god. I was with my friend Alejandra this weekend and she bought a power like a bunch of Powerball tickets and like right before the reading she didn't win, but it was like one point four billion dollars, something like that. And right before, like, we got so lost in the fantasy, like <laughs> it was sickening. <laughs> no, we we have some pot some well not supposed to say anything about it according to my mother but i don't think we i don't think we came out on top this time but we were having a whole <laughs> conversation yesterday about like how we would like how like the world would stop for us for a moment and we would like oh have God. to like strategize come together collectively and like totally like map out a game plan but we were also just like talking about how like no matter how we divided the money up like nobody's working anymore and it was like i mean like pet projects and shit but like of course you do what you want that's the thing yeah it's like you go you, you show you're up able at the to gala. invest in your own projects you know exactly and you have yes. a room full of people that just nod their heads vigorously and pretend like everything you say is funny yeah 100 percent. and alejandra told me that she would give me if she won the powerball she would give me 10 million dollars and i okay. was like i was like i just i just feel like i should get it on recording or get it written down on paper because i could do a lot with 10 million dollars and then you really realize that me and you almost had 10 million dollars and it like <laughs> what's a wild pop <laughs> so wild <laughs> oh please like if i like if you think if i got 10 million dollars from somebody i wouldn't begin to knock 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 at my door of course you would of course you would and i would expect to knock knock knock. what would you do from if you won 10 million dollars what would mm-hmm. you do for me i would buy you a house for sure 100 percent buy you a house um i would probably set up like investments for you like that would be nice could you do something yeah. like could you do some sort of like property tax like thing too because those would be what get what got me you know down the uh, oh line. yeah like you would like property taxes yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, i would pay your property taxes for sure amazing i yeah. love i love that for us and everything would be in your name too you know it's like it would be in my name it would be in or we get into name. a fight and you're like yeah but it's my fucking house brandon no i wouldn't do it I would do the same for you, Janie. I would take care of you. I would get you, I would buy you a property. I would, I would buy you like a home and I would also get you like an investment property, like something that I knew. So I was setting you up so that you could like have your own. I would buy you like a nice, like three flat or something like that so that you could like have that income. And rent it out. That's a really good idea. I, yeah, I would do the same thing for you. That's great. Good okay. thinking. It's, it's all, um, it's all, and it's all been recorded here. So if you guys know, if one of us isn't holding up our end of the deal, it's then yeah. Then, then you come for us. You do we need like? Audible. Do we need like some? I don't like. It's like, but where does it stop? Like, what does that mean though? Because it's like, okay, so now we've got this house. We didn't talk about mm-hmm. furniture, so I guess we're on our own for fern furniture. Um, oh. and we didn't talk about clothing also because it's like if 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 I'm living in like a really nice neighborhood, right. I feel like. So it's like, it gets really slippery and I, and I get that, but it's like, I would want you to like, I would also want you to like, have like, I would want you to have like custom made clothing and stuff. Like I, oh my I would God, want you to like same. be taken care of. So like, I'd want you to like, have like an account where like you could go to like, you know, like a Balenciaga or like a Chanel and like, oh my God. and like have some like really nice, like custom outfits made, you know, like, so, you know, it'd be like. You know, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about charity and stuff. And I feel like people are probably right. like, where's that going? But you know, that's happening too. That's coming. It's just not the, it's like, we got to figure out, like, there's so many things 
there's so many places that you could give to. You want to find out the causes that are most significant. And Jane wants to make sure it's not like an environment where she's going to be like trauma dumped on by a bunch of people at once. (laughs) Because she's rich now. And so it's like she wants to be thinking about like art, Mm -hmm. you know, and like buying some really lovely pieces of art for her home and like things like that. And like horses Mm -hmm. and like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I would buy horses. It seems like a lot of work, and I don't really ride horses. I mean, you could, though. I don't know if I would be allowed to get on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I like allowed. I like that the stable hand, like, coming out and being like, no. <laughs> Mademoiselle Hammer. No. Oh, and then I'm thinking about investment properties. I'm thinking about like like second and third homes. Oof. Oh my god. We'd really we'd really have to like do it right, you know? We'd I, really have absolutely. to do it right. Speaking of we're back in the movie. <laughs> and we get this really incredible I love a good dance sequence. We get a really oh, incredible dance my sequence. God. Uh it's the it's the four the four guys. We have Quentin, we have Harper, we have Lance, we have Julian, and they are doing the new edition, Can You Stand the Rain? This is after Bobby Brown had left and gone solo and was living mm-hmm. his don't be cruel fantasy, and Johnny okay. Gill had come in to replace Bobby Brown, and arguably has a better voice, uh, fight me on it. <laughs> and they are. This was also this was that moment that happens. This was like the equivalent f- for our Caucasian listeners who may not be familiar with New Edition. This would have been the equivalent mm. of their um, celebrity. Mm. This was the moment where they were men, and like they wanted us to know it. It was grown mm-hmm. and sexy now. Mm-hmm. They were they were talking about adult issues. Everybody had really like, you know, muscled up, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a moment. It was iconic, and so they are playing the four members of new of new edition, and it is a really fabulous moment. It and is a great moment. It's and so I, good. One of the things that Tara turned to me, she goes. They just all happen to have matching sparkling jackets and because they're yeah they're they're all wearing matching. Which when you're rich though, shit like this just happens. I'm sure just Lance happens. made one phone call and yeah, like somebody, an assistant showed up with these jackets. But they're all wearing right. black sparkling jackets and they all have matching fedoras. And they know this choreography, which is funny to me. This time watching, yeah. I thought we didn't get any sequence of y'all learning this choreography, but we Absolutely. know this was this was a couple days. Right. Um, this is not off the cuff, but somehow No. Unless y'all unless what you're trying to say is like this is choreo from something we did back in college that we That's all what that's this is so funny because Tara and I had the same conversation. It was like maybe this is from college, but like you wouldn't remember it that well. You wouldn't remember all of it and maybe there was like no. a quick brush up rehearsal or something. But maybe, like maybe. <laughs> but it's a really great sequence. And then we get Shelby who's still sort of like kind of like flirting throughout the movie with Julian, even though as we mentioned he's with he is married to Candace and they have two children. Yeah. But we get her like throwing her panties at Julian. Oh, so and good. then everybody sort of like recoils and she's like, They're clean. And it's like, do you mean they're new or do you mean they're just like your clean drawers? And I think you mean they're just your clean drawers, which is still right. like, it's all appropriate. Means they, yeah, 100%. He's married and his wife is literally, no, the kids aren't there. Okay. The wife is like sitting right there though. It's just like, it's wild. Um, <laughs> so we get that. We also get this moment where like, it's so funny because like Terrence Howard in this movie, he likes his weed. And yes. there are moments where, like, he smokes weed and then he does something crazy. And you're just like, we don't make you do that, though. It does not um, make you do that. I hate when movies, like, make it seem like weed is, like, this incredibly mind-altering thing. Where it's like, 
All you do is just get a little sleepy and laughy. Come on. Let's and like, you may, like, like, you may LSD. be inclined to do some things, but that's what it is. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like you're rolling. You're like, you're rolling or you're tripping. Like, you're on yeah. something more serious than marijuana. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of those moments. There's also a moment where Terrence Howard does like, he sends like a dick pic to Shelby. Oh my God. Like, unsolicited it's... dick pics. Like, come on. Jane doesn't man. like those anymore. Um, I have decided after seeing many, 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 many unsolicited dick pics that it's not for me. Okay. Um, we, we had our heyday, me and unsolicited dick pics, but I've moved on. What, in like the early aughts? When, when your Nokia 3360 would, <laughs> would start vibrating in the middle of one of your games of Centipede? And it was so pixelated, I couldn't It was tell what so it was. grainy, baby. <laughs> It was grainy. It got nothing on Quaker Oats. I got nothing on that grain. Um, also, we get um, we get like this moment in the movie where like we have like Julian, who's sort of has somewhat of a quandary, although not really, but he like makes it seem like it is. Where it's like I don't know what to do with this information, but it's also like your wife's also your business partner. So even like taking like your marriage out of this, like just from that perspective, you need to tell. Yes, um, exactly. So it bothers me how he handles it. He handles it really poorly. He finds out. He freaks out. Because it's like he knew that his, he knew that obviously he met Candace while she was doing an exotic dancing, doing exotic dancing at Lance's bachelor party. That's where they sort of connected. And that's where he was like, Shelby, who sort of like really like was demanding and intense and like toxic. Their relationship wasn't good. And yeah. then he meets this really sweet, kind person who happens to be exotic dancing at his friend's bachelor party. And they end up having a connection, which is sort of how the movie ends with the promise of what this could be. And now we see mm -hmm. that, like, it's turned into this really lovely marriage. They built and, life together. And they built this life together. And they have these kids. And they, you know, run this academy together. So they're they're working together and still happy. And he, like, he, like finds this video online. Then he goes to Quentin, of all people, tells Quentin about it. Um, one of the things that Quentin does, which is, like, really, like, Qu Quentin is very, like, dismissive of, of it in a way that, like, it shouldn't bother you, but then also he keeps saying, you married a stripper, which is, like, really, like, it, which is, bothered the fuck which is, out of me. it's really, like, disrespectful because it's just, like, you're undermining my wife and, and you're basically Reducing saying her that, to like, a job that she had, you know, 15 years ago. To like work her. Also, there's nothing wrong with being with being an exotic dancer. Absolutely exactly. at all. And exactly. And like, and for you her have to, to make like, your money the way you have to make your money. You have money. to make your money. And like, if you feel you know empowered to do it, whatever. If you have to do it because you have bills to pay, good on you. Like, do whatever you have to do. Like, it's work right. and it's honest work. And like, fuck anybody who makes you feel differently about it. But it's like this is one of those moments that's like Quentin just being like a dick for a dick's sake because it's like. This is your best friend's wife that you're talking about, the mother of your best friend's children. Like, like show some respect. And, like, also give him, like, some kind of support other than, you married a stripper, what'd you expect? Because the thing that's really getting Julian is the fact that, like, in this particular clip, it is the moment of her going into the room and the exchange of money before the door closes that sort of, like, leads one to believe that there was some sort of sexual act that happened as a result of that. Right. And that's the thing that Julian's really trying to grapple with. It's not that she'll... It's not that... Um, God, no, Shelby. It's not that um, that Candace was an exotic dancer. It's that there appears to be more to the story in terms of like the kinds of things that she did for money during this time in her life, and like it's a really like sort of like it, it leads it ends up leading to like this moment where like Shelby 
in like this you know wacky moment shelby and quentin end up switching phones on accident shelby ends up with his phone and for some reason it's open to this video when she opens the phone so now shelby has the knowledge that still uh, candace doesn't have of like this video circulating and she kind of like her and candace don't get along so it's like in her mind like some sort of like you know bargaining chip that she has because now she's got this information and there's a really intense like conflict like confrontational scene between the, these two characters um when it all sort of like comes to a head and like regina hall does a really wonderful job with this scene it's a she's a really such intense, a good job in this scene. it's a really intense scene they get into like this physical altercation her and shelby and like her and shelby are going back and even though it's really tense there's a moment where like shelby's basically calling her a whore and she's yeah. like bitch you sw- you swap spit with fucking flavor flavor and flavor of love all stars <laughs> So great. And it made me laugh because it's like, yeah, that's absolutely what, like, a person who is now a real housewife, that makes sense for trajectory career-wise. Absolutely. Um, and it's like, it's just like they're going at it. And, but it's really heartbreaking because it's this family that, like, you know, you you see Candace is, like, heartbroken that everybody knows about it before she does. Right. On top of, so it's this betrayal on top of the fact that, like, potentially, like, their livelihood is now, like, in jeopardy. So it's all of these emotions. And that's sort of happening, and that's all going on. And then at the same time, we have, like, this tension between, like, obviously Robin and Jordan, which has never been fully resolved. Because we kind of touched on it, but in the last movie, when, like, Harper shows up for this wedding, Robin is not initially with him. And, like, him and Jordan have these, like, sparks from, like, when they were in college together. And they almost had a moment that, like, are starting to come to the surface. And, like, Jordan, who has not met Robin, knows that she exists but hasn't met her, is Mm -hmm. fully, like, comfortable with, like basically telling Harper in the first movie, like, I would like to have sex with you. And that they don't end up doing it. But, like, it's something that Robin finds out about in the movie. And so that tension is sort of translated to this film. And they're not, like, 100% on good terms here. Which I get. Like, I think, like, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Like, there is still a discomfort with a person who was like, yeah, like... I did try to have sex with your boyfriend when he was your boyfriend, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's uncomfortable. Like, I get it. I, I understand why that tension still exists. It's like, <clears throat> she may not be actively angry about it, but certainly like, I'm not gonna be friends with this girl. She doesn't respect me, you know? And it's also like, she's also, we're dealing with Robin being like pregnant. She's also dealing yeah. with like these insecurities um, about the fact that like, she has not been able to bring a child to term. Um, that's something that she's processing and she's working through. And then obviously she's pregnant and she doesn't feel like physically she's her like sexiest self. And then she shows up and then she's got like hot ass knee along walking around and, um, which isn't good for anybody. Um, is that, no, I, I have no tension with knee along, but I can tell you what, if she's walking around, you know, I'm going to feel a little less good about myself. I don't want, and yeah, I don't, anytime anybody's like, yeah, I, um, I kind of dated, hooked up with Nia Long. Any woman's going to be like, ugh. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's it for me. It's curtains. Okay, good to know that's yeah. in your past. That's, that's going, that's in your black book, huh? We just text from time to time. Just some funny yeah, things no, on IG. Yeah, we're so close. Yeah, we send back memes back and forth. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, she's so fucking funny, though, too. It's, like, crazy to be that beautiful and that funny. It's, like, and, like, and also, it's, like, you know, like, you'll go into, like, a party and it'll be a, a bunch of girls, like, in these really beautiful, like, tight-fitting gowns. And, then like, Nia walks in in, like, a pair of, like, 
oversized Jinko jeans and like <laughs> can you imagine uh, Neil and a hoodie <laughs> and every guy in the party is just a gog and it's like you just <laughs> who's know. telling who's who's telling this story because you are trying to sell straight dude to me and you just use the term a gog well, <laughs> like, you know I don't imagine any dude, any heterosexual man is talking about how hot Neilong is and goes, the whole crowd was a gog, even though she was wearing Jenkos and Eddie. Like, you know, I know how the girls talk. <laughs> all right. So it may have, may have been a little telltale. Um, so, so that's all going on though. And then we get this moment towards the end of the movie where like Jordan is sort of like, I mean, Jordan is really close to Mia and it's like, everybody finds out around the same time. Well, we Mm -hmm. all, okay. So we get like this moment where like the first moment where they actually reveal something to us is like the moment where Harper's up late at night and he walks into like their media room and he sees like Mia like in full like tuberculosis style like <laughs> on the floor like coughing up blood which is like right. so much and it's, it's so much and it's like and he sort of she they go into the kitchen and they sit down and Mia sort of explains to him what's going on with her and all these she's been trying so many different kind of treatments and it's a really aggressive cancer and like Lance is in denial about what's going on and like Mia says like I just he's going to need you like I know he's going to need you when it hits him, the reality of the fact that, like, I'm not going to be here. And, and our kids are going to need, like, you. They're going to need all of you. And Right. And Lance is like, we're going to witness a miracle. And it's like, Lance, like, I would love that for you, but, like, you have to get realistic. When that when he said, we're going to witness a miracle, did you think there was going to be some sort of, like, miracle that happened later in the movie? I thought because this movie is fairly Jesus-y, I was like, maybe there, I was like, hopeful that like maybe there might be some sort of christmas slash jesus miracle but it didn't happen she died so yeah so it didn't quite work out the way i've already seen it um the first time i saw this when he said we're gonna i don't think i thought they were actually gonna kill her no i didn't yeah i was like no no not mia like it's gonna be really dramatic and intense but she's gonna she's gonna fight and she's gonna make it through the other end um i cried so hard my first time crying in the movie, I remember, the first time was, like, a few scenes later, the, the, a couple of the women are, like, in the, in, like, a media room with the kids, and Mia is trying to do her daughter's hair, and she's yes. trying to, like, tie bows in her daughter's hair with ribbon, and her yeah. hands are shaking, and she can't, like, steady them, and then she sort of, like, kind of like gives up on that task and she grabs one of the ornaments and she goes to put it on the tree and it's it's a great like dramatic moment when you're like it's somebody so trying good. to put an ornament on a tree she she falls over she drops the ornament or she drops the ornament it it crashes into the ground and then she's sitting there and then um Jordan comes over she to collapses her. yeah she collapses on the ground and Jordan comes over and she's sort of resting on Jordan's leg and she just says my babies my babies and that was the first time that I cried and oh, I that was it not was, the first time that I cried. It was like my first time being like, oh god, giving like remembering all of this because I haven't seen this movie in close to ten years since it first came out. I think the first time I cried actually was when Regina Hall was talking to Julian about the tape, and she starts breaking down like about like how she she did have to. No, uh, no, no. That's after this. Oh, that's after this. That's after this, and I cried then as well. 
well, it's later matter, because she leaves but... before she leaves before it's revealed to the group what's going on with Mia. And I think they okay. purposely did it because they were like, we can't have her leave like after. <laughs> like, yeah, she's just got to yeah. she's got to work through it there. Like yeah, if, yeah. if she knows that Mia's like you know. So this was like the first time that like we get like the where the group is sort of being introduced to what's going on with Mia, and this was the first time. And then I also cried in that moment. There's after that fight happens with Shelby and Candace. Candace leaves with her two kids. And Julian stays there. And then she comes back. And in a moment of her and Julian have this moment of reconciliation. And when they're having the moment, she sort of is very vulnerable. And she just breaks down and sort of is explaining, like, the situation that she was in when she had to make this. For her, as we said before, all work is honest work. But for her, she's talking about sort of, like, the trauma of the experience for her. And and what that meant for her to have to do it in those circumstances for her. And she is just like sort of she's so vulnerable and he is so apologetic and it's just this moment of these two people who love each other and <sighs> are really trying and it really did it, it, it that, that it, moment really it, got me it really got me and they both handled themselves so well in that scene and i just think yeah it's, it's 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 just it's this it's couple a, like fighting for their marriage i mean it's like yeah. it's a really like it's a really sweet moment the moment right before this that made me laugh david and i were watching the movie and like um regina hall comes back with the kids and it's like the day of christmas she's been gone for a couple days and during the time that she was gone like everybody finds out about mia like mia's not doing great spoiler Mm -hmm. and like she arrives with the kids and sanaa lathan's character robin she's outside and then like when candace arrives the two girls come out they're happy to see their dad they haven't seen him in a couple of days and then sanaa lathan says hey you girls want some cocoa and they're like, yeah, can we have some, mom? And Candace says yes. And so they run in the house. So now Sanaa is trying to help create a moment for, the, for you know, Julian and Candace to be alone. Mm-hmm. But, like, she sort of lingers for a moment after she tells the girls that they want Coco. And then Dave was like, did she just send those kids in the house so that she could stay out here and, like, watch the gossip? <laughs> and I was like, well, they are millionaires. You know they've got, like, probably, like, a live-in chef who's in the kitchen who, like, exactly. the girls just ran in and were like, can we have Coco? And the show's like, okay, whatever. And, like, so now I was like, oh, no, I'm not making it, baby. I gotta watch what's going on with your parents. And I was like, that is, like, that is, oh like, some, you don't want to miss on that juice. <laughs> and I did think that that would be really funny if, like, Sanaa just, like, was in the garage, like, like nearby. Like, a chair. <laughs> tinkering with, like, a, like, with, like, a screwdriver. Right. Like, trying it's... to make it seem like she's fixing something on the car. And it's like, it's why like, do you Oh, y'all go. You to... You're not even, you don't even have to fix the hot cocoa. You think you need to fix something in the car? Right? (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing with that wrench, ma'am? But they go upstairs and they have this like really sweet sort of like reconciliation moment. And there's also like, as everybody sort of has a moment with Mia, there's this really sweet moment with Quentin, Terrence Howard's character and Mia, where he brings her some weed and they're just sitting on the bed talking and... It's just very, like, sweet and wholesome. Even though it's smoking really weed. Is. And he's talking about, like, his mother and, like, his mother dying. And he's just talking about mm-hmm. losing her and how sad he was. And he's like, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. And it's just, like, it's just nice to see them having, like, a sweet little, like... But that's the thing is you laugh when you see that they're smoking weed. And you're like, of course, this is what Q, like, brings to the table. But it's also, right. like, it does what it's supposed to do. And it makes her feel better. And so it's, like... Mm-hmm. it's just like it's a it's everybody has their moment with her which is really lovely and, and it was nice to see q have like that moment with her because you don't really see them interact very much but you know from this moment that they do have a significant relationship and it's it's just all it, it's all very heartbreaking and then 
of course, on Christmas Day, um, <clears throat> Lance, like, breaks his sports ball record. Something about, like, I think it was, like, rushings. a running, it was, like, a rush record or something for, like, run, rushings. Like... I don't, I don't know what it means, but he had to rush 76 yards in order to, like, make it was a record. to, like, break, like, the record, and it's, like, you know, obviously, it's, it's clear that this is me as last Christmas, so that's, like, a really big also i wanted to mention really quickly as everybody's having their sort of moments and coming to like terms of what's happening there's a moment where jordan is in the kitchen with harper and she sort of breaks down and he's comforting her and like robin like walks in on it and it's oh, like yeah. this uncomfortable moment where it's like it's like i was torn because a part of me was like robin like I get it. Like, Robin's whole yeah. thing is, like, obviously these tensions that exist still around the Jordan-Harper relationship and you two in the kitchen alone having this moment. And I don't think that it's necessarily that Robin thought that she walked in on, like, a sex act about to take place. No. I no. think it was just sort of, like... It was the, the last thing she wanted to see. It was the life. last thing she wanted to see. But it also was, like, can they, like, let them have, like, whatever this... Like, it's just a grief moment. They're just friends, like, comforting right. each other. And being right. vulnerable with each other. It's but it is. You're right. It's complicated because it's and like you get both like sides of it. What this movie does really well is it lets you know that all of these relationships are complicated. Like, Yeah, no, that most people aren't like, like, nobody's really like wrong with a capital W. Like, it's just right. the choice that you made and other people dealing with it. But everybody's sort of like, you understand different people's like perspectives on it, though. You know, exactly. it's like everybody's perspective is sort of like clear but you see that the other thing i want to mention is that there's like that christmas night where they like it's like the last good night that it seems like everybody has mm -hmm. it's like they all are like they do the new edition routine and then there's like a montage of everybody making love and oh i just God. thought that was like really funny there's like <laughs> like quick know. shots of everyone's room and this is when we get the 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 picture quentin doing the dick pic is during this this sequence because he's alone in his room but there's like there's like the like there's like the the prenatal what the, like the nate i don't know the prenatal sex that's happening between like harper and just like pregnant Robin. sex just pregnant sex okay yeah. i'm sorry um, like i think before you're before you're pregnant yeah. you're right uh -huh. i'm stupid <laughs> um but they're having yeah, like their yeah, yeah. shut up <laughs> they're having their pregnancy you know and because of that when i do get my 10 million and you get your house you're gonna get a house but it's gonna be a lemon Ugh. no i wouldn't do that to you um but no they're like investment on your part <laughs> i know it's like what'd you prove they're like but like they're like on their on their it's like it's just like i don't know there's something with the pregnant sex it's like it's like they're on their side just trying to make I it know. work just um, trying to like is that is, is this good for you are you is everyone yeah, good yeah, everyone yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah. it's like no i'm not comfortable i'm never pregnant yeah this baby is pressing on my stomach it's not great <laughs> um but yeah so all of this is happening and then the big thing is the football game that lance says he's not going to do and mia sort of insists that he does and it's like yeah you don't really have a choice like i mean your wife is like on her deathbed and she's saying that she wants you to play the football game because their whole thing and one of the the name of the book ends up being god family and football yeah. because lance is talking lance mentions when they're having a conversation all the boys downstairs they're having a conversation and he, they ask, and Harper is still trying to messily get information for his book. And he's like, what's the most important things to you, Lance? And Lance is like, God, family football. And he's like, in that order? And then, like, Lance is like, yeah, in that order. And so that becomes, like, he's talking to Jordan about it. Jordan talks to a friend back, like, in New York, I'm assuming, at her offices. And she gets them to create a mock-up of, like, a book cover. 
And this is the book cover. It's it's called God Family Football. And this is her gift to Harper. And she gives it to him on an iPad that she's also just giving him the iPad. She's like, you should have this. Mm-hmm. And this is the mock-up. And she's like, just to give you an idea. And maybe, like, when you talk to Lance about it, you can show him this to, like, help him understand what this could be. And then this is the thing that Lance discovers when him and, you know, he's like, oh my, you know, he gets pissed off with Harper. And it's like, you did the thing again. Like, I let you in my life and I let you in my home and you screwed me over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's funny because when I watch it this time, I just, I think sometimes I feel for Harper, even though I get why people don't. I feel for him because it's like, I see like. I feel, for, yes, of course you feel for him. You understand why he makes the choices he makes, but we have a larger perspective to understand why those choices are ultimately going to bite him in the ass. Like he's just not like, he's not like future thinking oriented. He's not future thinking oriented. And like, but it's also funny because like if all of that was Jordan, if Jordan hadn't given him the iPad with the thing on it, then it would have just been like the notes he was taking in his notebook, which is a lot less egregious than what feels like when you see that it feels like, there's a there's a machine already like that's taken We're off right. and it's it like you like... haven't even fixed our relationship that's been like damaged for the last 15 years and you're already trying to like put this new thing on top of it and it's also like exacerbated by the fact that at this point we know that mia has a terminal illness and so it's yeah. like you're in my home at like the most vulnerable point my wife is on her deathbed and like you're angling to like get a book published that's gonna like garner you success and fame like this is like you're making a mockery of like my home and i think that like obviously that's not harper's intention but i think that's what complicates it and we get the big sort of like confrontation between the two of them that reminds you of that moment in the first movie when they were in the hotel room and it's like the same thing again it's like harper has kept a piece of information from lance lance is feeling vulnerable and cornered and when he feels cornered he attacks and he Mm -hmm. and i think that like we have that happening again they work through it with the help of mia that's when we get that dramatic scene where mia pulls off her wig and reveals her short hair that she was straight in i know (laughs) I, I did cry during that scene, yes. but I did get pulled out of it at the wig reveal. Cause I was it, was, like, it was a scene because it's like Mia basically saying, you've never been angry with me about what happened. You've only ever been angry with Harper. And like, you need to be angry with me too, because I'm the one who like, you had hurt me. We were in college. We were young and I made a mistake. And I made the mistake with a person who was your best friend. Like... I and I to, knew like, what I was doing and I, I knew made that choice. what I was doing. And Mia, for a lot of this movie, is sort of, she's presented to us as this sort of, like, perfect, like, angel-type character. And so it's, like, for her to be, like, I need you to, to like, reconcile the fact that, like, I, that two of us made the decisions that we made. And, like, Harper was just the person that I chose. And, like... It's so, it, so it's a nice to see that. And I think that helps to open the door for, like, it to be okay for, like, Harper to ultimately be allowed back in the home. And then, like, we sort of get the rest of, like, whatever this Christmas is um, Mm -hmm. between them. And we get, you know, Lance playing the big game that he didn't want to play. And Mia gets to watch him sort of, like, crush that record um, from bed at home. Obviously, she's bedridden at this point. But, like, everybody's in the room with her. And you get to see her sort of, like, bask in the success of, like, Lance as, like, this football star and so this is sort of sort of begins a series of reconciliations for different characters i also cried in the moment when there's a moment when when they're at the football game i think and it's a moment when jordan's on the couch and she's crying 
and she's mm-hmm. just sad. And she, there's also that, oh, there's yeah. two moments. Jordan has like that moment, which I think we can all relate to. It's where she's in the room with Mia and she's being strong for Mia. And she's like, you're going to be, well, we're going to get through this. And then she goes mm-hmm. to the bathroom and she takes a bath. And while the bath is like running, she's just sitting in the bathtub crying, which like could be a silly and funny moment. But for some reason, it's like, I think there's something so human about it when you're trying to be strong for other Absolutely. people. And you get a quiet moment where you get to just be like soft and vulnerable with yourself. But that really got me. And then there was a moment where... Tara was like, when, when that happened, Tara was like, I wish I had a bathtub like that to cry in. <laughs> right? Just like... Which like pulled me out of it. But it, yeah, but it really... I mean, that was really a moment for sure. And Robin. There's a moment where Robin... Yeah. Um, where Robin comes in and she brings tissue to Jordan, which mm-hmm. is such a small thing. But just knowing all of the tension between them, it's like, I see you. I see that right. you're losing your best friend. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hold space with you and like be be next to you so that you're not alone in this moment and like a lot of the characters have those moments mm-hmm. so it just like it's all of that and then like the next day after the big football game where lance comes through and crushes that record it's like not the next day but like a couple of days later we i mean the yeah. funeral is like we it's move right 28th. into the funeral yeah. it's the 28th and it's her funeral i mean mia has passed and that whole scene i was just a mess, mess. Well, that first of all, you see, first of all, you, you, you hear and see Anthony Hamilton and Marsha oh, and Brush oh singing as, and you just oh. like start, I was like, I, I was a mess. An absolute I mess. was inconsolable. I cried so hard in this scene, I had a headache after. That's one of the reasons I hate crying, because oh I always get a headache when I cry. And Dave was saying he thinks it's because, like, your oxygen, like, you're depleting your... You're not breathing properly. Mm. And it's probably right. Because I was... I realized in that moment, too, I was like, oh, I was like, I haven't, like, cried like this in, like, a long time. Like, the outside looking in, I was just like, I haven't had a moment like this where I'm just, I like, did not expect this movie to, like, get me as much as it did it, emotionally. It got me multiple it, times. It got this was, me that was good. The funeral was the worst, though. The funeral was, the like... Funeral and was also, the worst. Also, I had the moment today where I was like, oh, my God, an ad. It's as by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Anthony Hamilton, Marsha and Burgess are singing as by C.P. Wonder, which is from his iconic album, which you could say about most C.P. Wonder albums, but Songs in Mm -hmm. the Key of Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of my favorite C.P. Wonder songs. It's so beautiful. It's all about enduring love. And, like, they're singing it so beautifully. And it is just, it kills you. And it was the song that was at the center of the first movie. This is one of the songs. This is a song I think that was... Oh my God, I just got goosebumps because I yeah. just realized that. I did not know that. If I remember correctly, it was playing during again. during the scene when they almost like hook up, when Jordan and yes. Harper almost pulled... And it plays again during the wedding, I think. And oh. so it's just like, it's this really like heartbreaking scene. There's also, this reminds me, there's a really funny moment when Mia's sort of really sick and right before she passes where she's laying down in bed with um, Jordan and she says, mm-hmm. she names, I forget the name, but she's like, do you remember this girl we went to college with? And she says her name and Jordan's like, yes. no. And she's like, oh, she was really pretty, cinnamon skin. She had a really big she booty, looked, long hair. Looked like Pocahontas. Looked like, like Pocahontas. Yeah. And she and Jordan's like, oh, yeah, I do kind of remember. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, Lance can marry anybody but her, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> and it was like a really like, it was, it was just like a really sweet but real yeah. moment too. Because it's like, like we're, we're grappling with it. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, we get as by them, and it's so beautiful, and it's so, like, appropriate. And then Harper gives a beautiful eulogy mm-hmm. for, you know, for Mia, and he just talks about the fact that, like, yeah, like, this is happening, but it's really hard for me to, like, understand it, or, like, believe that this is a part of some divine plan for, like, these four mm-hmm. kids to now be without a mother. And, like, 
one of the sweetest, kindest people in the world to now be gone. It's like, it, it's, it's just, which well, is like, yeah, that's what you feel when you lose people. And so all of it just feels like, but you see, there's also a moment where Shelby go and it, this also got me. I was just a mess at this point. Shelby goes over Absolutely. to the car and she, and, and uh, Candace, they had that big fight in the mo- in the movie earlier and they traded some really harsh words and Candace winds down the window and she just says, I'm sorry. And that's, and that's it. it. And it's like, that's enough. Like, like sometimes that's all you need to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that really got me too. Just seeing people me reconcile too. and come to terms with like a situation. And it's like. Well, just like seeing people realize that everything is bigger than what these tiny moments are. And like realizing like, fuck, like I wish like. I wish I could have an argument with Mia like I had with you, but I don't ever get to see her again, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I don't want my life to be full of those petty moments when the significant things just wipe all of that away. Like, the slate is, like, clean, you know? It's like, and it's cheesy, but it is. It's like... It is. It's like everybody it's choosing true. love. And the last moment that got me was at the gravesite when Lance, oh my god this this was when i was like done because lance has been a pillar this entire movie and him and yeah. harper are like on really 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 like 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 tenuous ground mm-hmm. and there's a moment where everybody started to leave the funeral and and lance like he just like he gets weak in the knees it's the moment where they're actually like interring her casket in the ground and everybody's walked away from the site and it's just him standing there and he starts to get weak in the knees and Harper sees it and he runs and back and he breaking, catches him. The first time you see him cry. It's the first yeah. time he cries in the whole movie. And it's like the realization that he's not going home with his wife. Mm-hmm. And and Harper just holds him and he just cries in his arms. And it's I'm like... I'm like crying and talking. I know. It was so sad. It was, <laughs> it so, was so fucking sad. It's just so sad. And it's just so heartbreaking. And it's like, oh my God. And it's like, I had a moment where I was like, you know these people aren't real, Brandon. Like, I know. I have to do this. While you were just talking about that, I had to be like, these are characters, these are characters, these are characters. These are characters. Yeah, but but it's... it's You get caught up in it when it's a good film. Right. And it's so easy to know that, like, this is... This is a mirror of real life. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, this is... I mean... This shit happens, and it's devastating. Yeah. And... But the good news is is that we don't end on this note. I was very concerned. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh my god, like, where do we go? But then we immediately kick into high gear when Robin goes into labor. At the, they're having a repast ceremony at the, at, the, um, at the home, and Robin water breaks, and then this takes us into kind of a, like, comedic moment. Comedic turn, where they're trying to get to the hospital but which is 45 minutes away by the way when she's on the phone they say 45 minutes i'm like where oh my god i guess when you're rich and you live out in the middle of nowhere right like out in the suburbs of new jersey i guess i don't even fucking know but they're stuck in traffic her contractions are too close together and we have to call upon our boy lance who apparently is qualified to like this is an interesting group of baby. This is an interesting configuration as well. I just want to note we have we have obviously we have Harper and we and we have um, Robin in the car, but then the other two people are Candace 
and Lance, which is just really interesting that like this is yeah. the group. But yeah. I think that it's like it like this group like makes for like a really like sweet and like funny moment. We have like Regina Hall like driving the car, screaming at people in like the lanes around her to like get out of <laughs> She's her way. So good. It's so funny. And then we have you know Lance pull they pull over to the side of the road I think when Lance realizes that they're stuck in traffic and like it's a possibility we're not gonna make it to the hospital Lance mm -hmm. basically says I'm gonna have to check your wife's cervix and I I think I know how to do this I help deliver my four children like I feel comfortable but I just want he to let you know he does not say I help deliver my four children he says I was there for all of my okay. children's birth okay. and I'm like okay Sure, you were there. I don't know if that makes you qualified, but like, I guess you're as good as we got at this point. And he's and he's rich, so he calls a doctor who answers the phone. Yeah. Um, and the doctor's <laughs> like, sort of guiding him, him through, through on yeah. like Bluetooth speaker in the car, and then he ends up cutting out. And then the next shot we in like they're in the middle of it, and the next shot that we get is like them pulling up to the hospital, and the baby's been born, and the baby's healthy and beautiful, and they name the baby. Mia. Mia, because she was born on the same day that we that we buried Mia. I knew that was going to happen. Of course, knew, it would have yeah. been if they had shown and it was like Mackenzie. I'd be like, "What are y'all doing? What like what a mess!" <laughs> Just give over to like the sacrament, the moment, yeah, because that's what this is and that's what this calls for. Exactly, but <sighs> yeah, and that's sort of sort of the end. People, well, not quite. It's not quite the end because. This happens, and then the next shot we get, we see that, like, clearly there's been some sort of, like, mending that's happened. Also, earlier mm -hmm. in the movie, we talked about the moment where Quinn asked Harper if he needs any money. And then the oh, second, yeah. and then and then there's another moment where Harper's got into the big fight with Lance. Lance has driven off. And Quentin sort of missed it all, but he knows something's wrong. And him and uh -huh. Harper are sitting together. And this moment also made me cry. Yeah, um, me too. And Quentin just says, do you need help? Do you need money, man? And, like... And Harper just starts crying and he nods his head. And I felt it because it's like, it you know that that shame there, there's so oh, many things so there. There's so much wrapped up you, in it. There's it's, so yeah. much wrapped up in it. And it's like this moment and he's just like, the, the, to just it's so hard sometimes to just be like, I need you. I, I need help. I don't have the thing that I need to have. And you can Which help me. Which is money. And, and money open is so complicated. Money is so complicated and it helps and to have a room shame and like oh all yeah that kind of stuff. and you know but it helps to have a, a lot of friends that are all millionaires because yes. that makes it a little bit easier <laughs> so i can imagine that it's but like that also is difficult because it's like you feel like you need to keep up you don't you know what i mean like I imagine... yeah i mean that's that's a different kind of difficulty than just a yeah. room full of poor friends though <laughs> that's um true. <laughs> but it's a really sweet moment but then we get this moment Flash forward to the future where, like, they're in their home, comfortable. Clearly that check from Quentin um, went through. Mm -hmm. And then we... And also Lance agrees to let Harper write the book. And so they're opening a box of the books. The first um, stack of the books have arrived. Yes. And we have Har we have uh, Lance sitting there holding the baby, baby Mia. Mm -hmm. And then they get a call from Q. And Q says that he's getting married. Yes. And he doesn't say to who. Because we forgot to mention earlier in the movie that... Quentin and Shelby, they smashed at the end of the last film, the first film. And they also have sex in the middle of this movie after everybody finds out about Mia. It's just that, like, grief taking over. I thought and they you just... had sex in at the funeral. Yes, they do. You're right. Oh, my God, you're okay, right. They have sex the at the funeral. And I yeah. think it's, that, I think it's that, that grief taking over, sort of, mm -hmm. like, giving over to the moment where you're just like, I'm sad. I don't know what to do with these emotions. I mean, I've right, never done right. it, but I can only imagine. Right. Um, 
but yeah, so all of that, and he, yeah, and Q says, I'm getting married, and they don't say to who, and it's I like, mean, it's I can't imagine Shelby, right? a world in which it is not Shelby. I know. But I love that they leave it open-ended, and they don't say, and me I'm, too. obviously, I think that's where we're going to be, although it's funny to me, too, because it's like, we're literally now nine years removed from this movie, so it's not like it needs to pick up where this movie ended, because it's been nearly a fucking decade since this last movie, so right. it's like, not like people are going to be like, what? It's not Shelby? It's like, no, a lot's happened in 10 years, baby. Also, if, exactly. that, if that wedding that you mentioned in the last movie, unless we're starting this movie timeline-wise at the point where that movie ended, it's like, that wedding could have been like, it, like, it just wouldn't make sense if we're like starting this movie with, unless, I mean, you could be like, oh yeah, we called it off then, but we're calling it back on now. But it was just like, it's yeah. funny that these movies have been so far apart, and I'm so I curious know. what happens with the series. It better be good. I... It better be I, I good. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I mean, the second one was be- was even better than the it first. It was. Like, I have a I know. feeling like, you know, it's in good hands. You know? Absolutely. You're uh, Malcolm right. Malcolm Lee is a great writer, a great, great. director. This is... I've, I, I have a lot of faith that it's going to be well done. I think you're right. And, um, yeah, that is the best man. And, Jane, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, two, actually. Okay. <laughs> the first one is... The, stop. Because okay. yours was fake. <laughs> of course the, it was. The, the first question is, <laughs> would you watch this movie again? Um, I would, absolutely. I probably am going to watch it every Christmas now. Honestly, it's a great Christmas movie. It's, it's a, a great different, Christmas movie. So, it's a different pace from most Christmas <sighs> movies. And that's the other thing is that the holidays are at the center of it. It's all about being grateful and like spending time with people that you love. So like yes, seeing yes. these friends who push through it all, all the drama we mentioned, they still push through it all and they stay together, which is really great. Yeah. Um, and then my second question for you is, Jane, do you have a, a movie for me of the holiday persuasion? I do. <laughs> oh, do I ever. And, you know, I, I wonder if you know what's coming. I wonder if you can predict what this movie is. I mean, I think I do. Because as soon as this uh, popped into my atmosphere, I knew we had to do it. And I wanted this to be my first pick, but I couldn't because the timing wasn't right. So, I am going to have us, for next week, watch Falling for Christmas, starring Lindsay Lohan and Cord Overstreet. And it is Lindsay Lohan's new movie. It's her comeback. Neither of us have seen it. Mm -mm. And... It's sort of like a Hallmarky Christmas moment. It's going to be on Netflix. It's not even, at the time of recording, it has not even been released yet, but it will be released. Oh, shit. Yeah, but it will be released, um, obviously, before the next one um, with plenty of time, so don't worry about it. But I am very excited to see what our girl Lilo has been working on. Oh, my God, Jane. I'm so excited. I thought you might be. <laughs> You know me, so you know I am. I love that we're getting into that new new. Of course. I see that it's set to be released in a couple days. Yeah. So I'm psyched. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. I have uh, a feeling it's going to be nothing less than juicy. Um, I think it's going to have that juice. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to dive in. Um, So thank you all for listening to us talk about best man holiday. We hope you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. We certainly enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't 
if you haven't watched the movie, please go watch it. It is such a fucking good movie. I don't it's normally great. make this plea at the end of um, every movie but that we do, but this one I really feel like is like a perfect Christmas movie. Um, so please watch it and watch the first one too and listen to our episode. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. If you want to continue following us during the week, you can find us over on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can maybe still find us on Twitter at the time of recording, but we might delete that shit. But uh, yeah. if you want to check it out, it's MWM chat. Um, but uh, fuck Elon Musk. Um, and uh, we hope to see you next week for Falling for Christmas. Bye. 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 Oh, oh, oh.